Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everyone. This is lesson one of the Shelter um, Animal Reiki Association Animal Reiki for Reiki Practitioners class. And we're going to start tonight with a meditation that's going to become your foundation meditation for all of our work during the next eight weeks. And it's a very simple meditation, but it's very powerful. So I'd like you to have your feet firmly on the ground, have your back nice and straight. You might be comfortable to sit in a chair with a back and support yourself. Now, since we have phones in our hand, we can't really go into gosho, you know, putting our palms together, but we'll just put one heart, our one hand over our heart and set our intention that we're open to receive whatever it is that we need most at this moment in time and whatever it is that the animals that come to us or maybe we have some people in mind that need some healing. We can just take this moment to set our intention that as a group, we send healing to all in our mind. So even though I don't know who you're sending Reiki to, um, our intention to send it to the group is really powerful. We'll just take a minute, think of maybe some people or animals that need healing. And then whenever you're ready, just take a deep breath, breathing in that really cool, calm, relaxing air. And on the out breath, letting it go out your body, out your mouth. Let go of any tension and stress you're holding in your body. Just do a couple more of those deep breaths. And releasing any tension from the day. Now I'd like you to imagine there are roots growing from your feet into the earth. These roots grow deep and far. Like a hundred-year-old redwood tree, your roots are strong, they're deep, they're very powerful, and they give you strength and stability. Every breath in and out, feel yourself pulling that earth energy up through your roots, into your legs, and into your belly. Breathing in. Pulling up that energy, that cool, calm energy of the earth. And on the out breath, feel that energy filling your entire body. Slowly breathing in through your nose and out through your nose. With every breath, feeling that earth energy, creating a sense of stability and strength within you. Now I'd like you to imagine there is a 
beam of light coming down from the sky. Beautiful white light filled with healing energy. This light comes down through your crown. It stimulates your third eye comes down into your throat and into your heart. As you breathe in and out, feel this beautiful healing energy going into your crown and stimulating your psychic and spiritual awareness, coming down into your throat, allowing you to speak freely, truthfully, honestly, and kindly, and into your heart. Feel yourself growing taller as you reach for this beautiful healing light and feel the warmth of this healing light coming down into your heart. Every breath in and out, you feel your body filling up beautiful, warm, healing light. This light, healing expansiveness to the sun and the sky is what allows you to access your deeper spiritual and psychic sense. It allows you to be more expansive and more open. It helps you to let go of all worries, all fears. Beautiful, calm light fills you up and gives you a sense of peace and balance. I'd like you to feel these two energies, the earth energy and the sky heaven energy, mixing within you. Every breath in and out, you feel a sense of balance, strength, openness within you. Breathing in and out, these lights mix together, the energy of the earth, the light of the sky, it starts Stimulate your own unique light within you. Breathing in and out, you feel your light becomes stronger, brighter. As you breathe in and out, now your light starts to seep out every pore of your body. Breathing in, your light becomes stronger. Breathing out, your light seeps out into the space around you, into your aura into the room, and beyond. Breathing in and out, your light, this beautiful, healing light, strength, balance, passion, your own beautiful inner light. This light may be golden, it may be white, it may be purple, it may be blue, it's whatever color you see, and that is your own special light. I'd like you to imagine or bring to mind an animal, maybe an animal that brought you to the class, maybe an animal that's in your heart right now. I'd like you to see and feel yourself connecting with that animal. See your beautiful shining light connect with their shining light. Feel yourself becoming one with your animal. Feel all the love and compassion and gratitude you have for each other, filling you, filling your body, filling your heart, 
knowing that in this moment, you are one. You share the same heart, the same space, the same light. This animal is a part of you. Animal helps you to be the better person that you are. I'd like you to keep this animal or animals with you in your heart throughout the class tonight. Allow your animal to support you on your journey, to support you through class, to support you through your night, to support you in everything you do. Express in gratitude and thankfulness all the lessons animal or animals have taught you and will continue to teach you. As we breathe in and out, we slowly start to bring ourselves back. Keep with you this beautiful energy of your animal. So much gratitude, compassion and joy everything they've shared with you. Whenever you're ready, slowly allow yourself to start to come back, keeping that feeling of joy and compassion with you. So that's the Sky Earth Meditation, and that's a really good base meditation. And we're going to be doing variations of that throughout the class. But it's a really wonderful meditation to practice just on your own because you can use the visualizations of the earth, the visualizations of the sky and the sun. It's a beautiful meditation to sit outside and do because you can really visualize that earth and the sky and the sun. And they're all elements that are within you, but we forget to tap into them. So when we do this meditation, or reminded that we really are a part of the earth and we really are strong and stable and we are a part of the sky and the healing energy of the sun and we're very expansive and open and our energy knows no bounds. So if you can, um, when you start to feel stressed or you need some grounding, that's a really wonderful meditation to do. And through the class, we're going to be learning um, the traditional Japanese variation of that Earth and sky on meditation. So I want to start tonight by talking a little bit about what um, this class is and what it's based on and kind of talk a little bit about the Japanese versus Western techniques. So as you all know, uh, Kathleen Prasad um, is the one that has created the curriculum for the class and she is the animal Reiki expert. And then Francine of the International House of Reiki, he is the one that gives us the traditional Japanese um, meditation. So we're very lucky to have his teachings because Franz has studied for years and years, um, went back to Japan. He studies with um, high Japanese monks that practice Shigundo and Shintoism, which are esoteric Japanese practices. But that's where we get the Japanese basis for these um, for this class and for our teachings. So Kathleen learned from Franz in I think about 2006 or seven. she started to learn the Japanese way. And she realized that the animals responded so much 
more strongly with the Japanese way of practicing Reiki than the Western way. So the Western way is a more outward, um, I've never learned the Western way, but from what I've told and what Kathleen has shared, it's a, it's a more outward, you're, you're more kind of giving energy to a person or to an animal and you're doing a lot more hands-on and the symbols are used for the people. It's not for yourself necessarily. It's like you're giving someone power um, or whatever the symbols are standing for. Whereas the Japanese techniques that you're going to be learning in this class, and we're going to go over the symbols and mantras, the tools, the Japanese um, foundation of Reiki is it's all inward. It's all about learning how to meditate, how to use the meditations to help you get to your true authentic self. And then when you can get to your true authentic self and bring yourself into balance like we did with the earth sky meditation, you're bringing in the stability and groundedness of the earth and the expansiveness of the sky. And then together, they allow you to see from your heart more than see from your mind. And in that space of balance, your energy becomes perfectly balanced, which is something the animals are attracted to. Because if you think about the animals, the way they communicate is through energy. They don't talk. They don't use a lot of hands or paws or hooves. They don't touch each other in that way. They are just with each other. They like to be in that space of just being. And so when we can bring ourselves into that state that is completely natural to them, then we're more appealing to them. Then they're more attracted to them, to us. And what we can do for sick and stressed animals is we can remind them by sitting with them and bringing ourselves into balance, they can connect to us and be reminded that that place of balance is within them. Or if they're sick and can't get to that place of balance, they can sit with us and feel that. And in that space, when, they can, when they're no longer stressed, then they can heal. Because when your body is in a state of stress or worry, it can't heal as quickly as it can when you're in perfect balance. So everything you're going to learn in this class is based on bringing yourself into balance and using these Reiki tools to bring yourself into balance. So what Franz has learned and what he teaches and what he shares, and you're going to get all of this in handouts, is that the basis for Reiki, the reason that Sui created Reiki, was as a foundation for meditation for lay people. So most of us aren't raised meditating, and it's very hard to get into that space. But a Sui who was a Tendai priest, he studies Shigundo, which is the practice of um, meditating in nature. So you'll see sometimes Buddhist monks will go out and meditate under waterfalls or they'll fast or like a Sui fast on the mountain for 21 days. That's the practice of Shigundoism. And then Shintoism, which Sui also practiced, is the ancient um, religion of Japan. And it goes back thousands of years. The meditations that we're going to be learning and the mantras or the symbols, and the mantras are the chanting of the symbols, that's all a practice of Shintoism. So some of these meditations are over a 1,000 years old that we're going to be learning. So we're so blessed to be learning this way from Franz, and he has done so much studying, and he continues to study. So the, the, um, the teachings evolve. And so it, the wonderful thing about taking a class with Franz or Kathleen is or with any of us that are teachers, is that we're constantly evolving because we're constantly learning more and more and we're able to go deeper and deeper. And I hope that this class is a start of your journey and also 
learning more about this Japanese way because I think by the end of the class, I love this class because at the beginning, people who have learned the Western way, it's a little more like, oh, it's hard to let go of some of those tools. But by the end, everyone can see that the animals just really respond to this Japanese way of going inside instead of outside. So the thing about, I will say about Western Reiki, though, Japanese Reiki is not necessarily better or worse than Western Reiki, but the Western Reiki, I feel, the techniques are so much better for people because the Western way is more outward and people need that outwardness. They need touch. They need to think they're getting something. Whereas animals, if you turn your attention to an animal or you or you set your energy towards someone, it's very imposing. So for a feral animal or for an animal that's in a shelter or for an animal that's been abused and is afraid of hands, that can be overwhelming. Even just simply directing our attention can be overwhelming. So that's why the Japanese way of practicing Reiki is very effective with animals, especially wild animals, feral animals, because it's all about just creating a space. And you do that by bringing yourself into balance. So you don't have to worry about knowing what's wrong with the animal or trying to fix anything. It's all about creating a space and allowing the animal to come and go in that space and take whatever they need from that space. So in some ways, it's really empowering because for the animals, not necessarily for us, but for the animals because they can take whatever it is that they need. And they're so used to being asked to do things by people that when we just go and sit, it's almost like they are in shock a little bit. It's like, what? You don't want anything from me? Oh, okay, I'm kind of open to this now. And you'll find that they, they were, are more attracted to you. And it's, it's really wonderful, too, because when you do these practices at home and, and you're going to get homework about practicing with your animals, you're going to see a big difference when you go inward as opposed to, I'm sitting with my animals, I'm doing Reiki, I want them to be with me. But when you go inward, there's one uh, exercise you're going to get next week, and it's about kind of doing hands-on healing on yourself. And almost every single time people tell me, yeah, my animal ran out when I was trying to create the space, but when I did this on myself, they came back in the room. And that is a beautiful sign that you're doing it right. You're going inward and you're creating the space, which is very attractive to, attractive to your animals. So um, I'm going to open it up in a second. I know that not everybody had a chance to do the homework, and so I don't, um, we won't share with everyone tonight. But before we get to that, I just want to go over quickly. And for those of you who just got the, the handout for lesson one, please be sure to read through it um, and kind of study the precepts. The precepts in themselves are a meditation. The precepts, as and I'm sure you all know through the Western one, but I'll just repeat them again, you know, for today only, which is a very Buddhist concept. You may not be able to do not be angry for the rest of your life, but in this moment right now, you can definitely let go of your anger. And so it's for today only, do not anger, do not worry, be humble, be honest in your work, be compassionate to yourself and others. If you only say these as a silly instruction, which is three times in the morning when you wake up, you say the precepts, and three times at night when you go to bed, you repeat the precepts again. If you only do that, and that's all you do out of this class, you never do anything else, you're going to see a change in your life. You're going to see yourself letting go of anger. And it doesn't mean that you're never going to get angry or you're never going to worry. What it means is you're not going to hold on to it. 
Because, of course, things happen in our life and they knock us down a little bit. But with the precepts, if you practice them and you use them as your foundation, then when things hit you, you're more like a weevil that wobbles. You're going to be knocked down by it, but you're going to pop right back up. You're going to have a nice, grounded foundation. When we can let go of anger, when we can let go of worry, when we can be humble, let go of our ego and be honest and be compassionate, then we become the person that we're trying to get to through meditation. And so a very simple and easy way to get to that person inside of you, that light inside of you, is just to practice these precepts. The more traditional precepts are do not bear anger, for anger is illusion. Do not be worried, fear is distraction. Be true to your way and your being and show compassion to yourself and others because this is the center of Buddhahood. And if you like these better, this set of precepts better, which I do for myself, then you just change since we're not Buddhist. You can change because this is center of universe, this is center of life force, this is center of source. Whatever it is that you believe, you can add that word because it is your center and it's being true to your way and your being. But these are wonderful instructions on how we should live life. And it's just about letting go of anger that we might be holding on to. And as you do the practice, and start meditating, you're going to find that things might come up for you. You might be reminded of a situation that made you really angry that maybe you haven't let go of. And through meditation and through practice, you may be able to let go of that. Also, the wonderful thing about working with animals is the animals help us to release our pain and our, and our own suffering. And you're going to find sometimes that when you're with an animal, and an animal might show you a picture or you might hear words or you might um, have a sense of something that happens to the animal. Always remember that you want to be careful that you're not saying like the animal's talking to you, like animal communication. I'm not an animal communicator, but I do hear things from animals. And it's more, I feel, in my own personal journey, that the animals are sharing it with me because they sense something in me that I have that maybe I'm having a hard time letting go of. And they're showing me this happened to me. And I'm either having a hard time letting go of it or I am letting go of it or I let it go. And so animals can help support us. Like we think we're going to go sit with an animal and help the animal heal. And a lot of times we walk away healed because animals are so open and so generous and so loving. I was just, I just did a class, a new class that um, when you finish this class, you're going to have a chance to teach a new book um, out of a new book that Kathleen created called Five Powerful Meditations to Help Heal Your Animal. And at, towards the end of the class, if you think you might be interested in teaching this class, we can practice some of the meditations that are in the book together to kind of prepare you for it. But they're all about visualization, and um, one of them is courage. And we were practicing the meditation, and the lady who ran the sanctuary, she did a demonstration for us. And the demonstration was about, with a horse named Bodie who had been abused, and it was about trust and about how we have to be mindful and present when we work with animals and how horses are such wonderful teachers because once you disengage, they disengage. So once she would turn her attention and start talking to us, Bodie would disengage. The wonderful thing about Bodie was he, when he was young, he was, he was a wild, he was born to a wild Mustang mother who had just been caught in captivity three weeks before he was born. 
and then they tried to break him the old-fashioned way. So he had ligature marks on his neck. The ligature marks weren't scars. They were, it looks like he has a white rope around his neck because the hair grew in, but it grew in white. So when he's doing this demonstration with Susie and he's, he's really connecting with her and he's trusting her and he's showing how much he loves and trusts her, it was a beautiful reminder of how we're learning this meditation about courage. But here Bodhi is embodying that meaning of courage, that even after he was abused by people, he still has the courage to trust. And animals will really share that with you a lot of times. Or um, Susie was telling us about a horse that had been um, abused and how that horse, whenever people would come to the sanctuary that had abuse in their past, she would go to them and be glued to their side. And it's like she knew that they shared something that she had gone through and she wanted to help them heal. So when we work with animals, we want to make sure that as it says in the precepts, that we let go of our ego and we be honest with ourselves and we realize that although we're here to help animals and we want to help them as much as possible, but they also are here to help us. They're they're here to help us find our true self, to be more compassionate, more honest, to be more real. Because you know how a lot of times you go through life and like you go to work and something will be wrong and people, oh, how's your day going? You're like, fine, fine, fine. But you do that with an animal, especially horses, and they're like, no, you're not fine and I don't want to be with you when you're not fine because your energy is not good. So that's a reminder to us that we really need to practice and get back into that space. And so with these simple tools, the earth sky meditation or the precepts, we can easily do that. So in the handout, and talks a lot about um, working with a precept. You can sit in meditation and bring a precept to mind, like do not bear anger for anger is an illusion. And then you can just ask yourself, what do you feel with this? And that was one of the first lessons that we did is working with an animal and a precept. So I'm, I am interested that um, we're able to do that homework, what came up for you. And then in the last part of the handout, there's the five precepts and rescued animals. How We never want to, when we're with an animal and we hear about their abuse, like Bodhi, you never want to come to an animal with anger about the people that did that, even though it does make us so angry and so upset. We want to make sure we leave that behind because when we come to an animal with anger, all they feel is anger. They don't know that we're angry at the past, that we're angry at someone else. All they feel is that emotion of anger. So we always want to make sure that we can bring ourselves into balance say the precepts, and then go be with the animal. And the same with worry. If you worry, if you see an animal is sick, like our own animals when they're sick, when we're worried, then they get worried. But if we can let that go, if we can put that aside and just be with them, then we can allow healing to happen. And sometimes it's hard because our animals are passing and we're upset and it's hard for us to let go. And in that situation, we always want to make sure that we're practicing our meditations for ourselves so that we can be strong for our animals. Kathleen has a wonderful story, and if any of you are taking Kathleen's classes, you might have heard this, but when her dog Dakota was passing, he had cancer and he was really debilitated, and it was his time to go. And so she sat down with him, and she started to do Reiki, and he couldn't walk, so he was, like, trying to claw his way away from her. And she was crying, and why don't you want Reiki from me? And 
I'm the Reiki, animal Reiki expert, and I'm teaching all these people that this is what you do, and you don't want it. And so she kind of put her hands over her heart and just started, you know, kind of raking herself and calming herself. And he looked at her, and he gave a big sigh, and she realized, oh, my gosh, I need the Reiki. He's not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of him dying. And so when she realized that, she was able to start working on herself and creating that space so that he could let go, be in that space, share that space with her, and then go when she was ready for him to go. And she was more able or more willing and able to let him go because she had been working on her practice. It's never easy to say goodbye. Goodbyes are always hard. But if we're in our practice and we have that grounded foundation, we can help our animals pass in a more loving, peaceful way. And I know for a lot of us, for me personally, you know, after I learned Reiki, I just had so much guilt about the animal that maybe I had made mistakes with. And the wonderful thing that this meditative practice teaches us is that energy knows no time and space. And you can send energy to you as a person if you were younger or to the animal or to the situation and help heal that situation. And always remember that animals are so forgiving, so loving. They know that we're the lesser being, that they are the most advanced being, and, and they are patient with us. So I think I quite a bit. <laughs> but anyway, so why don't we start by sharing the homework? And let's see. Um, Jenna, did you have time to do the homework? I'm sorry, did I, were you talking to me? This is Jenna. Yeah, did you, oh, Jenna, did you have time to do the homework? Yes, yep, I did. Oh, okay, so do you want to share? Sure. Um, okay, great. Great, okay. I work uh, at an animal shelter, and I have for the last six years, so this is just wonderful opportunities for me to try to give back to the animals. Um, oh, so okay. what I was doing, the exercise I chose, um, after sitting in stillness and going over the precepts, I chose do not anger, because that seems to be the one that's coming up and throwing me off balance most lately. Mm-hmm. Um and it's funny how, you know, they can go in cycles. <laughs> you can find yourself worrying once and maybe getting angry once. And so I, I chose do not anger. And the um, animal that I connected with is a cat um, named Squeeze. And uh, she's pretty sick right now. Um, and so I balanced myself, said the precepts, and then went in to go and see her. And here's this very, very sick animal who... Uh, is so congested and uh, can barely breathe um, and mm-hmm. just sat there and connected with her energy. And uh, she got up from a sound sleep and walked towards me. Um, and, you know, it, it was just easier for me to do the um, the meditation while I was at work rather than at home. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was able to center and um, she came over to me and started rubbing up and rubbing up on the cage and so I was able to open the cage and she came in and she nestled down and then this this being who ceased actually being an animal just sort of blended with my energy and it was like a dance of colors with our energy and it was just wonderful and um, you know here's this wonderful little being who's just trying so hard to get herself healthy and she's not even paying any attention to that instead she's just playing with color and rolling around and you know having the time of our lives Um, so it was really good experience for me because um, 
you know, working in that type of environment, like you mentioned, you can get angry at times at the things that you see. And Mm -hmm. uh, it was really, really good practice for me to slow down, stop, reconnect. And then, you know, she got off my lap when she was done. She went over, she went to sleep, and that's when I ended the meditation and counted myself back um, up into consciousness conscious thought and conscious mind so it was a wonderful experience and carried me through the rest of the day that is wonderful yeah that is so wonderful and it's so beautiful to share that connection especially yeah. when the animal accepts that connection yeah it's i agree really just, uh, it's such an honor well thank that's you. exactly how i felt yeah and it's going to be wonderful to hear as you do the class and you do the exercises um how this helps you in your work Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, sure, Michelle, do you want to share tonight? Because I know you've done your homework. Um, yes. Sure. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'll give a very brief background first. I, I tried starting this course in the summer and got the first lesson done, and then um, was unable. So I'm starting again, but I decided to go with what I'd written up this summer because it'll, I think, kind of be the basis of what's to come. Yeah, yeah. So I started with the precept about being compassionate to myself and others. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I was thinking of our um, 12, at the time, 12 and a quarter year old Doberman named Lucy. And Lucy has been with us about six years and she's outlived two other Dobermans with us who died of cancer so she was the only dog this summer and I just had the sense she was really lonely but Mm -hmm. was also a sense that am I just projecting onto her is it really me who's lonely and one's another dog so (laughs) there was this meditation to try to figure out what's Lucy really thinking about this and it, it, it did just keep coming up to me, she was in the room with me, that she was lonely. She was really lonely. Um, and then maybe we can talk about this more in the future, but when, a lot of times when I meditate, I tend to end up like going to a white space and just sort of zoning out, and literally white space, that's what I see. So mm-hmm. that happened, and I had to bring myself back um, and again, just finished up the meditation with this sense of loneliness. So two mm-hmm. days after the meditation, we did adopt uh, another um, dog, a nine-and-a-quarter-year-old male Doberman, and the change in Lucy was immediate. It's like the two of them have been together for years. Oh, my gosh. Completely changed. After about the first three hours he was with us and she, like, made straight with him, she was the boss and you have your place, um, she's been so happy. So, Oh, my gosh. It was really a pretty amazing experience, and I know that I was lonely too, but now I feel comfortable in saying that both Lucy and I really were lonely for another dog. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. difference see in her. So that's my story so far. That's in I think that what this meditation brings us 
and you brought up a really wonderful point, is that when we can quiet ourselves and quiet that chatter in our mind, then things can come more clearly to us. And of course, it's always hard to know for sure, but if you keep kind of meditating and you keep getting the same message or the same feeling, and sometimes it's not even like a message per se, it's more like a cellular feeling, like you just feel it in your gut. You just know, and and there's this this knowingness that you can't explain. And a lot of times we meditate and we get that, and it's something that you have to trust. You you have to trust your gut. And, you know, it, it could have gone wrong, but thankfully it went right, and I believe you were you're very close to, to your dog, and um, she obviously shares a lot of love and, and compassion with you, and so she was probably telling you this and you were picking up on it. But in that space, you can hear it clearly, and then now, you know, you were right. It worked out beautifully. And the right dog was there at the right time. You know, I I truly believe that dogs come to us or animals come to us at just the right time. And that was just really wonderful, and it's so nice of you to adopt an older dog. You know, they don't get adopted as easily as the younger ones. And so thank you for doing that. Sure. And what's his name? Uh, Roan, R-H-O-N-E. He came Roan with the name, decided not to change it. Because yeah. When I looked it up in Roman mythology, or maybe Greek mythology, it means uh-huh. where earth meets the heavens. And oh, my gosh. describes really well. He's so sweet. Oh, my gosh. That's so sweet. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that, Michelle. And I'm so glad you were able to do the actual class because I know you wanted to do that, and I had to not do that last time. I was so overwhelmed. We did our retreat this summer, and it was just too much with the retreat, and um, it was really, really fun retreat, and I'll tell you all about that in another class, but hopefully you all can come because it was really an amazing time, and it's in a beautiful place in California. So, so thank you so much. Um, I don't know... If anyone else wants to share anything, I know most of you didn't have time to do the homework because of the late sign-ups, but if you have any questions or you want to share something, totally okay. Well, I did the homework. This is Jane Sparks. Uh, and oh, I can't do the class late, but I did find time to work on it. Well, uh, great. And like Jen, um, I chose anger. Uh, uh-huh. That, too, seems to come up for me sometimes. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, the animal I brought in was a horse chief. I, I ride almost every day, and I don't own any horses, but I have several people that ask me to ride for them, and, and probably my favorite of all is this one called Chief. So I decided I, I would sit with him, um, and I was trying to figure out why I let things get to me and um, and become angry at times. And part of what came out is that I think underlying anger usually is fear. Um, And I think a lot of times it's fear of losing our status quo, uh, Mm -hmm. fear of being less than or, you know, in some way losing. We're such a competitive society as it is. So I thought about that a lot, and I thought, well, okay, what does letting go of anger look like? And, And you know, you, you wonder if sometimes just letting go of anger 
means that you're resigned to a situation. Uh, and I thought, hmm, well, it could be. Uh, that didn't feel very good, though. Um, and I looked at Chief's behavior. Now, Chief um, is a dude horse at a small guest ranch, and he also uh, is used a lot for pony club. Um, so he works really hard, and he has a lot of different riders. You know, and and they'll come in and pull him away from his breakfast or his dinner, or sometimes he has to go out. But he never shows any anger, and and so I ask I ask him in my meditation mm-hmm. to bring me a a message about anger, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. he basically he said, "This is just a waste of time and energy. If something isn't right in your world." then just deal with it. But there's no need to react with anger. You know, it drains your being, it robs you of energy, and then he gave me the picture of how a mother would deal with a recalcitrant foal. You know, you got a foal bouncing all over you and acting up, and a mom sometimes will just reach out and give a little kick or something and, you know, <laughs> knock it off with no anger and they get over it. Or you, if you watch horses over, you know, a flake of hay, They'll just kind of have their little scuffle, but they don't hold anger like people do. You know, it just doesn't continue to go on and on. And um, so it was real interesting the way he gave me this picture of just dealing with whatever the situation is that comes into your life, but dealing with it without anger. Um, and and one of the things that he said is that if you deal with your situation in this manner, then joy can come even in any situation. Right. So I, it was it was a real fascinating um, exercise that I went through with that. And and if you look at anger just as an emotion, and it is an emotion as something that is just there to give you information. Um, it it kind of gave me an insight into dealing with that. So now if I get angry uh, the last couple of days, which I haven't the last couple of days, but I think the next <laughs> time I feel myself going in that direction, I'm just going to sit and say, what is the information here for me? Rather That's than wonderful. getting all worked up. That's a huge lesson. And it's really, it's the it's the I, it's the me, right? It's like exactly, yeah. It's what it's somebody did them. to me. It's not them. They're right. not making me angry. <laughs> this isn't being done to me. I'm not a victim. It's right. me. And just what is the information here? I need to take note of. It, it really cleared a lot up. It was very, very refreshing. I thank you for that exercise. Well, and I think that what the precepts show us is that when we can be in that space then we can be more honest and yeah. be more humble and let go of our ego and go, oh, well, maybe I contributed. And you can kind of see what you may have done to create this situation. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just you're angry like somebody did something to someone else. And yeah. if you can just step out of that because your energy is more useful somewhere else, showing compassion and love to the person that may to be wronged or to the animal that may be wronged than it is being angry at something that happened in the past that you can't change. Mm-hmm. All we can change is going forward. Well, that sounds like his name is Chief, right? Yeah. Sounds like he Chief. is going to be an amazing teacher. That's 
that's an amazing lesson to learn from an animal that let go. Because, I mean, if anybody was going to be angry, it should be cheap, right? He's getting taken from his dinner. He's getting right. taken when he's being relaxed. And if one of us would be like, what? I'm eating. I'm not going. No. And You know, and I do have to say, uh, when you mentioned earlier about horses, if you're, you know, angry, they don't want to be around you. I I do uh, equine-assisted life coaching, and I've seen that many times before where a horse, actually one of the most (laughs) dramatic was this (laughs) old, old quarter horse pinned his ears at this man who kept saying he was fine, and... I was working with another coach that knew nothing about horses, and that coach asked me, what's wrong with this horse? And I said, well, he's angry, and I didn't even get any further than that, and the man started crying and started saying, I am so mad at his situation. So you're so right. These animals in our lives can read us so very well. Mm -hmm. Well, and they want us to be authentic, and they help us to get to that authentic place. Which is what the precepts, which is why this Japanese way, the focus on the precepts is really important because we have to let go of anger and worry and be honest and humble and be compassionate, not only to the animals, but to ourselves. Because we're all here in this class because we're all givers. We all like to do for others. We like to give back. We want to help the animals. But we very rarely show compassion to ourselves. And when we can show compassion to ourselves, then we can get back into the space of the precepts. So if we get angry at something, if we say, okay, well, I'm going to let that go, then we, and I'm going to be compassionate to myself and allow myself to acknowledge, yes, I got angry, but now I'm going to let that go, then we can go back into that circle of the precepts. And they're, and they're set up the way they are for a specific reason. And you're, as you practice them, you'll see, you know, you can let go of anger. When you let go of anger, you can let go of worry because, like you said, worry and fear and anger all pretty well entwined. We get angry sometimes because we are worried. And so we can let go of that. And then when we can let go of those, we can be more honest. And when we can be more honest, we can be more humble and we can let go of our ego because we can see things more honestly. And then we can actually show compassion to ourselves and compassion towards others. Because if we can't be compassionate towards ourselves, we certainly can't show compassion in a, in a whole sense to others. There's going to be something missing. We're going to be inauthentic if we can't really truly be compassionate with ourselves. And we have to remember, too, that compassion doesn't mean pity. There's a really wonderful um, Japanese story that goes with the precepts. They each have a story. But the one with compassion, it talks about a priest who's walking the street with a younger priest and uh, this older priest. He's a drunk man in the, in the gutter, and he picks him up, and he takes him home, and he feeds him and bathes him and gives him money and sends him on his way. And so about a week later, they see the same man in the gutter again. And the priest, the older priest, picks up a stick and starts beating the man. And the younger priest stops him and says, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? Last week you were so kind to him, you gave him food and money and, and bathed him, and now this week you're beating him. He's like, well, he didn't learn the first lesson. And so it's so true about <laughs> compassion and pity. Like, if we pity, you know, a situation or pity someone, we're not really helping. And sometimes compassion is that way, right? I mean, 
you can help somebody, but if they don't, if that's not what they're understanding, then you help them a different way. And so I always like that story because it allows us to be more real, right? More authentic (laughs) to how we feel. It's like, None of us like to do something nice to help someone and then they just kind of throw it back in our face and continue on. It's like, okay, well, actually, that was the wrong thing for me to do. What I should have done was maybe something else. But it allows us to see. And I, I just really like that story a lot because I think I'm probably more stern than most people. So I'm like, oh, now I have the freedom to be that way. <laughs> but, it's, but there are really wonderful stories, just like, you know, the for today only. There is a, the story of a, a priest and a nun, and the nun goes to the priest about the um, the impossibility of never telling a lie or living a life devoted to Buddha or Jesus or whatever, and and giving everything up. And he said, "Well, but in this moment, you can do that, right?" And she said, "Yes." And he's like, "Well, that's all we have is this moment. In this moment, you can do anything." You know, yesterday's gone. Tomorrow hasn't even happened. We don't know if it's going to come. So in this moment, and that's what the precepts are based on, in this moment, you cannot show anger. And the anger story is there were two monks, and they were walking along a path, and they came to a river, and the bridge had been washed away. So the only way to cross the river would be to wade through it. And there was a woman sitting on the banks crying, and she was in this really beautiful um, dress, and the, one of the monks asked her what was wrong, and she said, I'm supposed to go to my sister's wedding, but I can't go because the bridge has been washed away. And monks are not supposed to touch women, but the monk said, I'll carry you. And the other monk started yelling at him, telling him he couldn't carry her, he, he was going to break his vows, and he said, I'll live with that. So he carried her across the river, and they separated and went their own separate way. And the other monk, who was so angry, just kept going on and on, and an hour later, he just was still going on about it, and the other monk, the kind monk, turned to him and said, I put that woman down an hour ago. It's you who still carries her. And it was Mm -hmm. just about how you carry your anger, right? And you don't Mm -hmm. let it go. You make a mistake, you let it go, you leave it. But that's what we sometimes do. And then the worry story is about how um, this farmer had a son and they had a horse and they had a little farm and one day the horse ran off. So they no longer had the horse to help them with the farm. And the neighbor came running over saying, oh my gosh, you no longer have your horse. And I'm sure you all have heard the variation of this story. And uh, she said, oh, now you're going to lose your farm. And the farmer looked at her and said, well, perhaps. So the next day the horse came back and it came back with three wild horses. So the neighbor comes running over. Oh my gosh, your fortune is so big. You're so lucky. And the farmer said, perhaps. And so the next day his son was, riding one of the wild horses trying to tame it, and he fell and broke his leg, and so he can no longer help his father. The neighbor again comes running over. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe your son broke his leg. Now you're going to lose the farm because you don't have anyone to help you. And the following day, the army came by to recruit his son for the army, but he couldn't go because his leg was broke. So again, the neighbor comes over. Same thing. Now you're fortunate. And so it's it's about how we look at things and how we get worried about things, but what seems bad may not be bad at all. What seems good may not be good at all. It's just a constant back and forth. But if we can look at things with a more balanced approach and know that things happen for a reason and good things come out of bad things, and if we can do that, then we can live our life without those huge ups 
and down. Oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sad. We can see things as they happen to us. Yeah, this is a bump, but I'm going to get through it. And even things when you're really ecstatically happy about things. I mean, it's, it's not a great way to be. It's almost a manic way to be if you get really happy and really low. You want to just be in that more even kill way and be appreciative of everything, of all gifts. Because for me, personally, I feel like a lot of times when bad things happen, something really good does come out of it. And it's something or a lesson to be learned that comes out of it or, you know, a new way to be or you let go of something. And, and those are all really wonderful things. So through our practice, if we can keep that in mind, if we can practice precepts and know that good things happen, bad things happen, but if we can have a strong, grounded foundation, then we can get through them. And if that, through that grounded foundation, we'll also practice that openness of the sky, that things can go through us. We won't attach to anything. There's nothing to attach to us if we're open. If we were a box and had walls up, then things can attach to us. But if we're open, then things can just go through us. So um, we have a few minutes left, and I didn't know if, um, Jessica, if you had any questions or wanted to add anything. I do not have any questions, but now that I've heard everyone else's feedback and experiences, I'm really looking forward to doing the homework for the week. Oh, good. Good, good, good. And I think you all are going to like the next homework. The next homework is, um, so the Earth Sky Meditation that we did, in your handout, you're going to learn a meditation called Joshin Kokyoho, and that's the Japanese version kind of of the earth meditation. So you're going to sit cross-legged, or you can sit in a chair with a straight back with your feet firmly on the ground. And we say keep your feet firmly on the ground just because it helps you get that ground descent. And you're basically going to be breathing the air in through your nose, and you're going to imagine, you can imagine like a, a golden color of light coming in through your nose, and you pull it down into your belly. And in this next lesson, you're going to learn the three energetic centers that the Japanese practice is based on. So the chakra system has seven. The Japanese system has three. And so your hara is two finger widths below your belly button, so deep into your belly. And you're going to be breathing your air into your hara. And your hara is your connection to earth. It is the energy that you're born with. It's your own unique connection to the earth energy. And so through practicing the Joshin Kokyoho, breathing in the air, through your nose, down into your hara, and then on the out breath, expanding your energy out and your breath out into the aura and into the surroundings. And as you practice this more and more, you'll find your energy going further and further and further. So at first when we learn this, it's like our energy goes so far. And, and it's a very physical feeling. It's like, oh, I can only feel my energy going this far. But as you practice, your energy is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're going to become the energy. It's not going to be a more, there's not going to be a sense of, there's a physicalness. Kind of like what Jenna experienced with the cat where you become colors, you become a more fluid kind of energetic space and there's not really any more physicalness to you. So the Joshin Kokyoho is going to help really give you that grounded foundation and that's going to be the base for all your other meditations. You're always going to start with the Joshin Kokyoho. And then the energetic centers that you're going to learn about, so you have your hara, that's your connection to the earth. You have the middle hara, which is your heart space and your heart connection, and what you use to connect to all beings and everything around you. 
And then there's your upper heart, which is your third eye, which is your spirituality, your psychic awareness. And by psychic awareness, I don't mean like, oh, you're psychic to start predicting things. It's more like your openness hearing things, hearing what the animals have to share with you, to hear what the trees have to share with you. You're really opening up that space where your mind starts to quiet and things can start to come to you. So if we sit with a quiet mind, and that doesn't mean that you're not going to have thoughts, it's just a quiet mind where we start to like really turn down the chatter. Then something important can come through. So if you're having a problem with one of your animals, or your animal is having a problem, you don't know what it is, and nobody else says that that can't tell you what this is, and you sense something is off, then sometimes an answer will come to you. Or maybe, you know, when he's being fed, the time he's being fed, or something. Well, something might come to you in that space. So it's really important for us to do these meditations and to practice and to practice calming our mind. And again, it doesn't mean that you won't have thoughts. Because of course you're going to have thoughts, but you're, you're human, your thoughts go in and out, but it's what are you going to grab onto? Are you going to grab onto the fact that you have to go grocery shopping or that you're worried that something's going to happen? Or do you just look at it and go, yeah, I see that. I'm going to let it go. And you just kind of go back into that breathing. And the good thing about these meditations is we can always come back and focus on our breath, which helps us stay centered and to let go of all that chatter. So I encourage you all to practice what's called the three diamond exercise. And I talk about it in the next email that I'll send to you tomorrow morning with um, the link to the recording. And just a reminder, the recording is the link that you're going to get on every single email is the same. And all the classes will be recorded, and you will have a chance to go back and listen to those recordings as long as you need. I mean, I think that the first class I taught was like three years ago, and those recordings are still there. So you will have access to these recordings, and of course, you'll have all these handouts for you to refer to. So I encourage you to read them, and if you have any questions, you can always email me. I'm available for Skype or Google Chat. It's always available through email. And um, so if you ever have questions or need help with anything, please do reach out because I want you to get the most out of this class. So we have to wrap it up now, but I want to thank each of you. And for the ladies that are going to be listening to this afterwards, I want to thank all of you for taking this class and for opening yourself up for this new way of connecting to the animals. And I'm really confident that this is going to be a life-changing class because even though I've taught it a million times, for me, every single time, it's something new, and I learn so much. So thank you all so much for participating. Thank and you. Sure thank you. Else. You're welcome. You're welcome. And be sure to have a wonderful week, and we will reconnect next Monday. Okay. Thank you. Have a good week, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.